This episode of Q30 Sports is sponsored by Simple Stock. Learn about Forex, crypto, stocks, money management, and credit building. Sign up for free at simplestock.cc. Come on, people. It's simple. I am your host, G-Money, G-Baby, G-Black, G, and this is the Q30 Sports Podcast coming at you. I got a special guest, Hatchet Man. What's up, Gary? And we're here to talk football. It's not time for you to talk yet. Oops, sorry. Hello, world. Q30 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, G. And I got Hatchet Man with me. Hey, how's it going, man? I love... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the fuck to say. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, let me think about the say shit. Hey man, this is a kids program. We're, we're sponsored by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep it. All PG. right, all right, all right. I got you. Let me read, I know what I'm gonna say. I know what I'm gonna say now. It's recording, so it's it's no, it's all, no, it, no, it's, it's, no, it's not. It, it's all there. Bro. It's not gonna be on there. It's all there. I'm not confing that. Oh. I got my man Hatchet Man with me. Uh, we go way back. Um, and he's gonna be here to talk football. It's week ten. Uh, Miami just beat the Ravens last night. This is Friday night. We're recording, so last night Thursday night football, Dolphins beat the Ravens. Kind of hurt Lamar Jackson's MVP uh, chances, but we'll see how he bounces back. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to like have some football talk with the football homie. Hatchet man. One more applause for him. Thank you. Thank you. That's enough applause. Pleasure to be on. Um, so I'm just going to ask you questions. I don't have anything written down. Obviously, there's, you know, big storylines I'll probably bring up. Rams, Odell, stuff Let's start like with that. the first one, man. How do you actually feel about that Ravens-Miami game? Um... I've always been a Miami fan because just something about playing for a team that the mascot is a dolphin. <laughs> and I like Fair their I like their color wave. <laughs> like I've liked Miami since Ricky Williams, Zach Thomas, hey, there you um, go. uh Chris Chambers. Yeah. Uh I think Greasy was the quarterback at one point. Um, what's the, the super famous, uh, defensive end they had? The Rock's cousin? The Rock's cousin? Uh, it wasn't really the Rock's cousin. What's the guy's name? He's like Hall of Famer. It's the bald, bald black guy. There's tons of bald black guys. Um, wait, wait. You, Jason Taylor. Okay. Yeah. Jason. Okay. I remember Jason Taylor. Jason yeah, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you so, go. So yeah, I've been a, I've always been like, a, I've always tuned into Miami. I was like, damn, like Miami. If Miami was actually like a good team, like one of those top teams that you knew every season, I feel like that'd be pretty dope. 
Well, were like you surprised about like the uh, the game though at all? Like, um, I was surprised uh, because I mean both defenses are stout, and but the Dolphins defense hasn't been playing how they should have been playing this whole time. But uh, I just have mixed emotions about it because I'm a Tua fan, mm-hmm. and just how I like that how that whole managing Tua. He plays, then he doesn't play, mm-hmm. or he plays. He does bad for one quarter. They pull him. It's like I don't like that whole situation, so it's hard for me to actually tune into them. Mm-hmm. Like I want to watch Dolphin highlights, but I can't because every time I watch it, it's either two is playing bad and they pull him, or he's not even playing. So it's it kind of like I, I just it's hard for me to tune into the Dolphins. Yeah, and um, I agree with you actually, I, and I do think the media plays a part into that as well. Um, the whole Tua being on a tight leash thing, um, it's really hard to follow because then you know Tua's in, and then next week it's the uh, what's his the backup quarterback uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett. It's just like eh, is Tua really a household name? Is he not? So I, I can definitely see um, where you're going there. But overall, with the game. I actually wasn't that surprised. I, I'm not going to go as far as saying I, I knew Miami was going to win, but I wasn't that surprised at the score. What do you, what do you mean? Like you, you expected it to be a low-scoring game? Kind of, because I, I was never – like I do think Lamar Jackson is like a great talent um, offensively as far as this has his athletic ability, his quickness, his speed, his competitive spirit. I love all of that but just straight quarterbacking skills. So let's say they take, like Miami did a really good job containing him. Um, defensive front did an excellent job. And so they really made him really look at his, go through his progressions and try to throw down field. And he really it looked like he was throwing knuckleballs all game, um, which I, I didn't know it would be Miami per se, but I do know that the league would eventually figure out how he plays and then, you know, Got all quarterbacks going to have to adapt. It doesn't matter who you are. Once you already build some sort of credibility in how you're going to play, teams are going to adjust. So that was like the perfect example of that. So I didn't necessarily think it would be necessarily a low-scoring game, but I did think it was going to be a tight game for sure. Something just came to my mind when you were talking. Um, do you feel as though like down, like down the line, like mm-hmm. 10 years from now, that Lamar Jackson will be in the conversation for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? That's a really good question. Like, think about, like, up to this point, Mm -hmm. the stuff he's accomplished. He's already had an MVP. Mm -hmm. He's breaking all the rushing records, all these different things. He's somewhat – he is adequate when it comes to passing, so it's not like he's a slouch. Mm -hmm. Like, when it's all said and done, his career is wrapped up. Is he like a Hall of Famer? Hmm, that's a really good question. Ooh, your fans may kill me, but I might, I'm going to have to go with no. All two of my fans? <laughs> no, you get 200. Um, I I'm, I'm going I'm to go with no, only because he hasn't really shown me. And he's still young. He's a baby. I mean, he's only been in the league, what, maybe four years, three years? Mm-hmm. Um, four, probably. Four, and he only really pl- started, what, I know he did like a, a, a playoff stint maybe a few years back, and then he was, like, the full starter after. Um, but he, the thing about Lamar, in this league, you're going to really have to win 
with your arm solely. And yeah, he's young, he's quick, he's fast. You can get away with it now, but the way he plays isn't really sustainable. Now, I do think he can find a happy medium, and don't think I'm comparing his speed to this guy I'm about to mention, which is a Steve Young. Steve Young, he, I would say he's a mobile quarterback. He, there's always that threat to run, but he can definitely beat you with his arm. Now, if Lamar can evolve into that type of quarterback, first ballot Hall of, Hall of Famer for sure. Like, no questions asked. But I just haven't seen that, you know, that passing piece from him yet. But it's still young. I mean, he's still a really young player. He has a lot to learn. But as of now, nah, I can't co-sign on that one. Mm. Part of me feels like when it's all said and done, like when it's towards the end of his career, he will be in the conversation definitely for a Hall of Fame. I would hope so, yeah. Um I mean, obviously, if he wins a Super Bowl, he's definitely in the conversation. Mm -hmm. But even without a Super Bowl, I do feel as though he will be in, at least in discussions mm -hmm. for a Hall of Fame. Maybe not first ballot, but they'll be like, okay, he's, he has all the rushing records as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. He at least led his team to the playoffs every year that he's played. I do feel as though that will be enough to justify him being a Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hall of Fame. I, I can I can see that. Like you said, maybe not first ballot, but yeah. I mean, his ta he definitely is a rare talent at quarterback for sure. I can't name too many guys with his athleticism at, at the quarterback position or really any position in football, to be honest. He's just a heck of an athlete. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he does in the future. If you could... Build a team, mm. and but you had to start at the cornerback position. Mm -hmm. I'm only mentioning this because you had two top cornerbacks playing Thursday night: mm. Marlon Humphrey and Xavier Howard. Mm. Which one would you take? I'm gonna have to go with Xavier Howard. What sold me is when. I love when cornerbacks, when they get turnovers, can run the ball back and actually have really good vision. The way he ran that ball back from that fumble recovery was excellent. He stripped the guy, located the football, went to the sideline. That's, that's textbook. Then he maneuvered his way, zigzagged, and scored. I love that from the DB position. So I'm going to have to go with Howard on that one. Okay. Okay. I like it. Obviously. I would take Xavier Howard too. Um, if I could have both, oh for sure. Oh, your defense is top five. Yeah, offer it. Even if you have slouches for linemen, like your your defense is top five. Um, but I mean, I just like the I I, I like to ha have a cornerback back there who I know is is going to pick the ball up. Yeah, Humphrey gets his deflections and the wide receiver might catch it he might punch it out but i do love humphrey's he's he, I, I love his aggression he may not be like i think howard's more cerebral he more so diagnoses the play kind of sees the whole field but humphrey's he's so aggressive i love his aggression i think it's like a good tandem one guy is more like laid back pick another guy is just like i'm gonna rip the ball out of your head i'm gonna Demolish you if you even touch it. I like that tandem. I agree. It's it's because it's two different styles. Yeah, and that's why I would want if I could, I'd have both of them. Mm. 
or like that type of dynamic in my in my in my DB position. Mm. One guy who I know, if they throw it his way, he's. I was about to say like on my on his Darrell Reeves type stuff. Yeah, and another guy who's like he's just feisty. You know, Marlon Eifert is just feisty. Yes, for sure. Um, Who would you take, Marlon Humphreys or Jalen Ramsey? Ooh. They're about (laughs) the same play. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey is a good medium between Xavier Howard and Marlon Humphreys. You think? And I say that because Marlon Humphreys, again, he's feisty, Mm -hmm. which is – what Jalen Ramsey is all about. So, you know, he's a good tackler. He's going for, you know, he's, he's, he can be up in the box mm-hmm. at times and be a sure tackler. You can put him on a tight end. Mm-hmm. You can put him up against the best tight ends in the league. Your George Kittles, mm-hmm. your Travis Kelsey's. Yeah, he's nice and long. He's your, long. Your Wallers. Mm-hmm. He's going to punch the ball out. He's going for turnovers. Jalen Ramsey is a good medium because Jalen Ramsey, you throw it his way, he, he's liable to pick it as well like an Xavier Howard. He's not going to get eight picks like Xavier Howard or even six, but he'll get three or four. But then he's going to have a lot of tackles in the box. Uh, he's feisty. He's a good medium for me between the two. I can uh, see where you're going with that. The only thing that makes me draw back a little bit Coming from, uh, you know, I, I have a cornerback background, DB background. Um, you can't disregard the slot position. So when I look at a DB as an entity itself, it's like, can you play outside? Can you play inside? Um, you know, how can you tackle? Do you know when to go for the pick or not? Can you maintain your composure throughout the game? Now, I would be a little bit hesitant to put Jalen Ramsey in the slot, only because he is um, – you know, he's a bit long, but I think he can hold his own. But against the quicker receivers, I'm not sure. Um, See, the only thing I have to say about that is this year, so they gave it a name, mm. the star. You heard about that position? The, Actually, the I'm not. Okay, enlighten so, me. So it's, so the they gave it a name this year. This is the first year I've ever, I've ever heard the name. Mm. But those certain, your, your best athlete, in the DB, mm. who's going to either play back or play in the box mm. or play outside or play slot. Mm. They call it the star. Mm. I guess that's why they call it the star. Um, but that's what they've been doing with Jalen Ramsey this year to where sometime he, le- he ends up on the outside versus, like, say if he's playing against C- the Seahawks, mm-hmm. they'll put him on the outside versus DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes they might even line him up at safety in the back. And then sometimes they might line him up front in the box, like Jamal Adams or whoever the case may be. He's actually had a lot of TFLs this season. Hmm. He's making a lot of tackles at the line of scrimmage. They're putting him on tight ends a lot of times. They have, because they have decent other cornerbacks. Yeah. They're putting him in the box, line up in front of that tight end, and having him run with the tight end. Hmm, so ba- basically, it's almost like a. 
He's he's like that. So in, DB in, linebacker hybrid, outside linebacker DB hybrid. Uh, I think it was Chris Collinsworth. He said it, mm. uh, and he's correct. Mm. Um, pretty much how the Steelers use Troy Polamalu, mm-hmm. minus playing him on the outside. Okay, but pretty much how they put Polamalu all the way in the back. Is say if you're in the three, you can put him in the back and have him run deep third, mm. or you can put him up in the linebacker spot, or somewhat in the slot spot, mm-hmm. kind of bump off that receiver and play up in the slot spot against the tight end. Um, that's what That was the, the comparison that uh, I believe Chris Collinsworth had uh, gave uh, as far as the star position, mm-hmm. um, a, a DB who actually has run that, and that was Troy Palomalu, and that's how they're kind of using him this year. I love that, actually. Um, that's really interesting. I'm going to have to pay more, uh, you know, closer attention to that. I can definitely see that he is, like he said, he's. I think he's what's listed six one. It's probably like six one. Yeah, six one. But he can, he's strong, very strong for a DB. Fast, quick, good ball instinct. Yeah, I mean it, it would make sense. And he's a sure tackler. Um, he can play pretty much every level. I can I can definitely see that. So, um, yeah, I definitely co-sign with that. That's cool. He um, and it makes sense because the defense that they're playing. Mm-hmm. That, because I mean, before he they just put him in, in, they just put him on the outside. Yeah. But now, when you actually take that defense to the next level, where you, again you have your Aaron Donald up front wrecking havoc, mm-hmm. so it's like the ability to say, "All right, yeah, we can do one thing to you up front," and yeah, it's one thing to say we have uh, a star corner on the outside mm-hmm. who's going to shut down one half of the field. Instead of saying that, we got this corner who's going to shut down this half of the field. Just let that corner go. and Just let that, that taking that best athlete in the DB spot mm. and letting him roam everywhere. Mm. Letting him go anywhere, whether it be in the box or in the back or on the outside. That way, he has more opportunities to make plays because he's probably top three best athlete on the field at all times. Yeah, versus just him playing the outside and then and just not leaving. going to him and exactly. then just out of the play. Exactly. Yeah, That's their that. way of canceling some people out because if he's shutting down inside the field, yeah, he's shutting down that side of the field, but now if you allow him to roam and go everywhere, he can put his hand, he can be involved in more plays, which will also keep him more engaged in the game. You know, that's pretty cool. That's innovative. I've I've never seen that. That's I mean, that's that's pretty cool, man. And again, the only time I've seen that was with Troy Palomalu. That's why there's so many Troy Palomalu highlights. Yeah, because he's everywhere. Um, and that's how they're using him. And this is it's been very very effective. How do you feel about Von Miller joining them? Ooh. Mixed feelings because I actually was following Denver. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of my X Factor teams. I think I told you in the beginning of the year. Um, I wasn't too impressed when he was on Denver, but I do think it's really cool, especially with the uh, Odell acquisition. Um, but to answer your question, um, I think it's a good thing. It's it's another big name. It's add star power. I skip Bayless say star power. So you have big name on defense, and plus, um, I think. It may have been Skip or Shannon, one of them mentioned that stars make big plays in big moments, and that team is is playoff bound. So I would definitely love to have Von Miller 
on, on the defensive side in playoff time because something great is probably bound to happen. Even if he that's not necessarily, a, you know, Donald level um, MVP caliber during the regular season. If you have a star on your team, playoff time, he's going to make plays for you. So definitely a good pickup. I agree. Actually, I didn't think about it that way, but now you gave me a new perspective on it. Again, stars make plays. Mm. So it's one thing to have Aaron Donald there who's going to make his plays, whether it be in the regular season or the playoffs. Mm. Then you add another guy, Von Miller, who is a star in his own right, mm. who maybe might not make as many plays as Aaron Donald, but he's going to make a play at some point and at a crucial point. Yes. Same with Jalen Ramsey. Mm. So your chances of winning go up because you have these players in high-pressure situations who are capable of making a very high-level play. Because there's one thing, and there's one thing I, I learned this through sports, and I know you know this too, mm. is one thing to play at a level, and then it's another playing at a certain level, but able to ante up, able to turn it up a notch to a level where yeah. even the other people on the field can't reach that level. Which then separates you from them because when the pressure situation happens or when that one-on-one matchup happens and you have to make a solo tackle or make a solo catch 50-50 ball, mm -hmm. you have a, another gear that the other player can go to, which gives you the advantage. And the Rams are just adding all these pieces mm -hmm. of players who have that extra gear where in a clutch situation whether you're going to expect Aaron Donald to make a play, mm -hmm. you're going to expect Von Miller to make a play, say it might be like fourth down and one. They try to run the ball, Aaron Donald's going to crash the whole middle. Mm. You know? Yeah. Maybe it might be uh, maybe it might be a play on third down, third and long. Aaron Donald crashes the middle, and Von Miller comes off the edge, gets the sack. Yeah, and Von Miller's definitely that guy to do it. He's that guy, like you said. He can elevate his game to that another gear where just most players just can't reach. And and then you got on offense, which the only weak part to me on offense is the running back position because I was looking forward to Cam Akers until he got hurt. Mm -hmm. Then you got Cooper Cup. Yeah. Arguably he, the most dominant receiver in football. Arguably. I know. Arguably. But he's playing really well. And right now, he's he's playing at the level Devontae Adams was when he was killing the league last season. Mm -hmm. That's the level that Cooper Cup just andied up to yeah. this season. Um, and then you got Odell, mm. and and Odell's just a big play waiting to happen. Mm. So the only so again to me the weak the weak link on that offense is the running back position, but truly the only anomaly, well the only en enigma on that offense is the quarterback position, mm -hmm. to where. Does Matthew Stafford now have that extra gear to where he can raise his level to another height like Tom Brady? Mm -hmm. When you need Tom Brady to make a play, he's there. He's going to make the play. He's there. If you need Aaron Rodgers to make the play, he's going to make the play. And that's all. That's intangibles, man. Um, Matthew Stafford, he always had great arm talent. Yeah, I mean... Detroit, I mean, it's it's a mess over there. So you really couldn't see all what he can do. You always knew he was decent, but now that he has the pieces, like you said, well, it's it's really a question mark. Um, and then the running game, I 
I would say it's it's more of a question mark than a weak point because it's adequate. Yeah, it's adequate, but the thing is, they can actually use that to their advantage um, because they have so much firepower on the receiving end. Hey, man, sneak a couple, sneak some uh, runs in there. I think it will completely throw a team off if they, you know, oh, they're going to be throwing all day, especially with Odell not throwing all day, throwing all day. They actually utilize a running game and pound them. And then when people they start playing up, then use that passing. I just, I just think it just adds another dimension. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it just depends on how they use them. It depends on how Matthew Stafford plays as the season progresses. Um, but I, I've been a fan of him. Great, great arm talent. Um, and, and I don't necessarily think Odell has to be spectacular either. Um, just really from name recognition alone, that's going to – a lot of teams are just going to off the bat double-team him just, just because he's Odell Beckham, uh, which will actually help the other receivers too. I mean, it, it, it's overall, it's going to be pretty exciting to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Is this the most excited you've been for a team in a while? I would have to say yes. It's – if if I can liken it to like maybe the NBA, it's kind of just like the Brooklyn Nets. Maybe the Brooklyn Nets, or maybe uh, if you go back a few years, uh, the Boston Celtics with Rondo and all those guys. I think it's almost a super team in full. Or maybe we're moving in the era of super teams in football. I don't know. I think we are, because you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh maybe. Because, I mean, there have been super teams before. Give me an example. Patriots. When they had Randy Moss, Wes Welker. Uh, but that's, that's almost like the only issue I have with that, that's almost like San Antonio Spurs. Like, yeah, Tim Duncan, legitimate. It doesn't matter what team he's on. He's like a legitimate superstar. But, like, I think the coaching and game planning was so good, people became superstars within the system of the Patriots. Like, I love Wes Welker to death. He's one of my favorite players ever. But, I mean, what was Wes Welker on Denver? Maybe he was older then. Cool. But if you put, let's say Wes Welker played for Atlanta with with Matt Ryan, would he be Wes Welker? You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if I would count the Patriots necessarily as a super team like that. I would say Tampa Bay more so. You can argue, you know, Antonio Brown is aging and, you know, Gronk, you know, but – they definitely have the names, for sure. Um, especially Leonard Fournette, like he was a big man on campus at LSU. Uh, but Patriots, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I could see that San Antonio comparison, that parallel. If now, if the no, I I I. I'll I'll say that then. If 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 it's not the Patriots with that Randy Moss team, then then no. This might be the new era of super teams. Mm. Um and Tampa was the first to do it. Well, there's there's been teams that ha- that had they had like a all-star receiving core or maybe an all-star running back tandem or You mean like the Rams? Yeah, way well, back, yeah, something like that. Like, but that's like homegrown. It's not like 
they went out and traded in this true guy. True that, true that, true that. Free agent this guy in. True it was that. like, okay, now we got Isaac, Bruce, Tory, Holt, Marshall yeah, Falk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, this, that's like, you know, homegrown. Okay, you're talking about like a non-authentically built, like... Yeah, like, we're going to go get this guy. We're going to go get this guy. Ooh, get this ooh. Guy. I, I mean, I would say Dallas Cowboys back in the... Like, before we were, like, even born or when we were just kids, the Dallas Cowboys... Um, this was Deion Sanders acquisition. Um, they, I I think I mean they had Hall of Famers on both sides of the football. And you, if you want to go even further back, um, the 49ers, Joe Montana. I think there was like six, seven Hall of Famers on that. But I don't know. So I don't know if they were actually bought or if they were homegrown within the system. That I don't know. I don't know either. That's way before our time. Yeah. So I, I can't really speak. We were we were even thought of them. Um, but as far as modern era, yeah, I think the Rams are definitely onto something. Now, I don't know what the end result is, what will be. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of Rams fans are hoping for a Super Bowl, which would be cool to see, but I don't know. I think it's very interesting. Something, I'm going to say it now. Uh oh. Something tells me they won't win the Super Bowl. I'm kind of on the hinges as if they're even going to get to the Super Bowl. Ooh. Why is that? It's just because it just don't seem right. Sometimes I just get that feeling. That's that Brooklyn-esque feeling. I just get that funny feeling sometimes where it's just like, it's too good to be true. Too good to be true. You know what I'm saying? It's just too good to be true. Usually that's when it never works, when it's too good to be true. Yeah. You You have a point. You have a point. I, I think, too... People underestimate team chemistry, and that's not necessarily talent per se. I remember a few years back we were talking about the 03 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, and we were talking about Rondé Barber and some of the guys. Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp, Anthony McFarlane. Yeah, exactly. But I think those guys fed off of each other versus them just being superstar talents in their own right individually. Those guys just gelled as a unit completely. Well, that team was together for a while. Though the core players were there forever. Yeah, Dungy, Dungy built that team. Yeah, that's, that was. I was in Tampa at that time, mm-hmm. and that team: Rondé, John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, mm. Simeon was there. He wasn't there at the beginning, beginning, but he was there. He they got he him. Came I think along. they got him like maybe a few years into it. Yeah, he came. He came along. Mm. You know, they had Sean King, mm. uh, uh, Warwick Dunn, uh, and then that was switched out. He had Michael Pittman. He, then oh, yeah, Sean Michael King Pittman. turned into into Brad Johnson. Mm. Keenan McCardell came into play. Keyshawn Johnson was there. Oh, yeah, the he had days. all these different things, but like the core core. Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Warren Sapp, uh, Work Done. I don't know if Work Done was on that championship team. It might have been Michael Pittman. But no, I think it was Michael Pittman. The the that Tampa Bay team that was built that was that was defense, mm-hmm. and those core defensive players were always there, right? And then they just added like Simeon. Rice. But would you say they're they're superstar towns individually, or would you just say those guys just? Played awesome together. It's kind of just like the Golden State Warriors. It's just like Clay, Steph, and Draymond. You just got those three guys. Mm. You have a chance no matter what because yeah. of what they've built amongst each other. 
Same thing with Derrick Brooks, Rondé Barber, John Lynch, and Warren Sapp. It's yeah. just like as long as you have those four guys on any team, just those four guys and mm-hmm. whatever else you want around them, you're going to have gonna a top work. defense. Their team, their, their chemistry and the bond between those core players are just... Yeah, it's undeniable. undeniable. Yeah, it's undeniable. Everybody knew Derrick Brooks was one of the top linebackers in the league. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew Warren Sapp was a beast. All you needed was a, a somewhat adequate... adequate defensive end coming off the edge and you end up getting more than that with Simeon Rice. Yeah. He was a top uh, edge rusher. He oh, was up yeah, there yeah. with Michael Strahan. Yeah. Um, then you got Rondé Barber who was a top cornerback for years. Very consistent play. And then you had John Lynch who was just this white guy taking Over off top. taking off everybody's heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah. it worked because of that. The offense was trash forever but Dungey <laughs> had that defense locked in. All I would say the time. It, was, it was trash, man. I, I, it was I, Brad horrible. Johnson got the job done. He got the job done, but that offense was I mean, the the greatest offensive player around that era was Mike Allscott. He was the full- <laughs> <laughs> and he was the fullback. Yo, like, hey, people know his name though. Bro, when I lived in Tampa. It's Mike Allscott. Oh, Mike Allscott. Hey, hey, but he wasn't normal, though. He, Every, caught, he caught out the backfield and everything, though. Mike Allscott was fired because he would run people over. <laughs> <laughs> Number 40. And he had, like, the 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 old pass. Yeah, the, that goes up to the your... The pass that go up to your temple. T- yeah, I remember And the, he was just running over everybody. Breaks. Yeah. And it was just, Mike Allscott. Mike, all the highlights were, Mike Allscott. Mike yeah, Allscott. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Uh, no, one, no one said anything about <laughs> Sean King or Brad Johnson. Michael Scott, the fullback, was the best player on offense. Just take that into consideration, okay? Hey, they got the job done. Hey, he got the job done. No, no, no lie. He got the job done. Yeah. But just know that the best player on the offense was the fullback. Okay, not Keyshawn Johnson, not Keenan McCardell, not oh, work man. done. It was Mike Allscott. Hey, he was the best player on the offense. I'm not mad at it. Okay, I'm not mad at it, but you did bring up, you did bring up a good point. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would be lying if I said, oh yeah, for sure, uh, the Rams are gonna win the whole thing. Um, no, I, I have kind of that, that same gut feeling that they probably won't. I just, I'm just interested to see what's gonna happen though. I think it's a cool idea. Um, the big lights for Odell, that's cool. I just want to see what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's, it's, something's gonna happen. Like they're gonna get. See, that was this. What this scenario was the only reason why this scenario with the Rams, where it's like oh, I just got this funny feeling, like they might not make it, is because like last year, when when Buccaneers was doing this, not doing the exact same thing. Like they brought Antonio Brown, they got Gronk, but it was like. They weren't doing it to this level where they're bringing in Von Miller and Odell mm. Beckham Jr. Like, that's mm. crazy. But it was kind of still like, oh, so y'all trying to build like a super team low key last year. But the thing was, no, I didn't have that that feeling of mm, something's off because they had Tom Brady. Mm. And he's the ultimate player when it comes to any, turning it up a notch. Oh, for sure. There's no one else that can match him. For sure. So that's the only reason why it's like I wasn't surprised that Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. I wasn't surprised. I was like, yeah. Well, I I didn't ex- really I really didn't expect anything less. It's but, like but the thing is, going back to Brad Johnson, maybe the whole turning it up a notch 
doesn't need to be at the quarterback position. It really it might just be Aaron Donald to do that. It really might just be Von Miller to really do that. And Jalen Ramsey. It, yeah, I, I, for me, how I build if I'm building a team from scratch, I rarely would ever put the pressure on the quarterback to lead me to win. I know that's anti-football right now. Everything's passing, passing, passing. I'm old school. I like defense first, steady running game to control the clock. And then a, a Brad Johnson-esque quarterback that can just get it, or Matt Ryan, you know, doesn't, you know, get, I, w- I don't want my quarterback throwing more than really 20 times a game. I want my running backs to get, you know, 75 yards a piece or one guy get 120, another guy get six. I, I like that. And then control the ball and then great, great, great defense. Um, so I, I don't, and I, I think uh, Matthew Stafford is more than capable of being a championship level quarterback, but I do not put him I will not rest the game on his shoulders. Now, see, I'm going to stop you. Go ahead. Only because I agree with that. Because that is, that's actually when the Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson. That's yeah. what they had. Exactly. Russell Wilson just managed the game. Mm-hmm. Just give it to Marshawn. And the defense, Legion of Boom, mm-hmm. they do what they do. Mm-hmm. This team could be that. But it's not going to be that because they put so much too many eggs in that basket, in that aerial basket. Mm-hmm. It's like in the NBA, you live or die by the three. Mm. In NFL terms, it's like you live or die by the aerial attack. Because either it's going to be working or it's not. You still need a running game too. You still need a running game. But if that running game doesn't get to the point where they're averaging like very high in like rushing yard, like again, you want one guy to at least get be getting. You said one twenty, yeah. but all right, they got Sonny Michelle and Henderson. Mm-hmm. One of them's got to be averaging close to eighty yards a game. Yeah, eighty ninety at least. And the other one's got to be getting like fifty. Like they yeah. need to be averaging one hundred and fifty yards. Uh, yeah, plus combined for sure per game for that theory that you have mm. that philosophy to be adequate even, but that's not the even, case even if you go look at tampa bay tom brady they used the running game people, yeah they it, did it, they, they they grounded and pounded a lot of the time people people don't really see they look at tom brady tom brady handed the ball off a lot actually he did leonard fortnett and and ronald jones got the ball a lot and that's what worked and they and they rested the and then they let the defense do what the defense do and then when Tom Brady needed to make a play, he came through. He came through. And even if he messed up and had like what two picks, two, three picks, and mm-hmm. when they played the Packers, mm-hmm. like they even though he can make the mistake, you still have the defense who can come through in the clutch. Yes. And then when Tom Brady gets back on the field, he's gonna make the play. Yeah. After he messes up, he's gonna come back and and rectify and you still the. Really, the I'm error. not gonna say Tampa Bay's running game is top tier. No, but they not use even close. it. They use the running game. That's what. That's the big thing. That's the ticker. That's the kicker. They use the running game when it's needed. So I don't know. That's that's gonna be a question mark for the Rams. I don't know how they're gonna do it. And I, and that's why I feel like iffy because yeah. if they if they were more run first, mm-hmm. then I'd be like okay. If you're run first and you're still winning, then I okay. I see it. I see it. But they're pass first. Like, they want Matthew Stafford to throw for 5,000 yards and all this extra stuff. Yeah. And that's the part that's iffy to me. Because, yeah, he could throw for 5,000, but 
how much how many of those 5000 yards were like in a high pressure clutch you got to make the throw I'm situations. even going to take it further how does the 5000 yards equate to a Super Bowl title exactly that's that's my thing you can throw it run it kick it does it equate at the end of the season do you have a ring or not if not then all of that's basically in vain everyone's playing for a Super Bowl I guess I th- I think it's cool. I just have yet to really see um just a true dominating aerial attack in a Super Bowl performance when they didn't have a running game or anything like that. I have I've yet to really see that. I've yet to see that either. So I it's it's a big question mark, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Now again, they have the pieces to have that Tampa or that Seattle type philosophy. Mm. You have the stars on defense. You just have to utilize your run game and then go from there. Mm. But will they do that? Mm. We'll see. I mean, I, I expect Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey to do what they're going to do. Mm. But is the offense, how's the offense going to go about it? That's my thing. And that's what can screw them. Because if it comes down to it, you can have Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford, and, and Shepard. I mean, not Shepard, Robert Woods. You can have them, and I'd be like, oh, on paper, it looks good. But you can have Aaron Rodgers with just Devontae Adams and a bunch of other guys you don't know and Randall Cobb, and I'll be like, give me Aaron. Yeah. Give me Aaron. Because when it comes down to it, Aaron's going to make the play. He's going to make the play. They're going to run it with, with Dylan and Jones. They're going to run it a lot. They're going to dump it off to them a lot. But when it comes down to it and that play needs to be made, I have faith. Yeah, I think Aaron's almost an unfair comparison. I think he's just the epitome of what you would call a West Coast pastor. He can throw 30 times a game and not throw many picks off any. Like he, He's just trusted with the ball. He understands defensive concepts. He is the man when it comes to quarterbacking. He's the guy. So... You can literally put it pretty much anyone out there. He can turn anyone almost into a star receiver. He's just he only he doesn't even really even need a star receiver. He just needs a, a pretty decent one, and he can and that guy will end up probably being like top three receiver in the league playing with Aaron. That's just what it is. Um, I wanted Odell to go to the Packers. That could have worked. That definitely would have worked. Uh, that's what I wanted. I didn't want him to go to the Chiefs. I feel like that would have been weird. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to go to the Packers. I wanted to see what Aaron... I wanted to see unleashed Aaron. We just had the star power at receiver. Where even, even he, he has the other guy, two targets. What was the other guy he had like maybe like eight years ago that was decent? Um, so it was like Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Greg um, Jennings. Uh, uh, Jordy white, Nelson. Jordy Nelson. James Jones. He had like... He had... Borderline Pro Bowl wide receiver. It was borderline, borderline, but it was he never really had that super superstar. People will argue Devontae Adams. I guess, I guess. No, Devontae Adams is it. Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham Jr. That would have been a problem. Yeah, if they would have pulled that off, I'd take the Packers. I would even hesitate, and I would take the Packers over the Rams. But the Definitely. only the only issue is because you, know, you can only put Jalen Ramsey on one of them. Yeah, that's just off. The thing about the Packers, they're you know, 
if they win this year, I'm going to look like an idiot. But I just don't see them ever winning again with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I just don't see it. I don't know. Wait, because of Aaron Rodgers or just because of the Packers? Both. Because one, yeah, I think arguably he's probably like one of the best passers ever to suit up. I got to give the man his credit. But the whole diva thing off the field, the whole divided locker room, also how they play – they can't, they can't really utilize the running game the way they really want to win. They're not going to get the defensive pieces really to win. Because when they won, they had some defensive guys. They had Charles Woodson still there. They had uh, the linebacker that recently retired. Clay. Yeah, they, he, they had that. Now, I mean, they have Alexander, but, I mean, they're, 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 they're run pretty thin. I just don't see it. Even Aaron Rodgers, he, he won MVP last year, and still I knew they weren't going to win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers could go off every single game and have a like 5,000-yard, 40-touchdown season on paper and still. But see, that's the thing. Uh, you say Packers and Aaron. Mm-hmm. I say it's because it's the Packers. As an organization. I say it's the organization. But, can, if, but who can really control Aaron? Aaron will just if you run too much, Aaron will audible out the play and throw. What are you gonna do to contain him? The Packers will contain him. He has to. The thing is, Aaron has to respect the. He like I said, he's like an animal in itself. If he doesn't respect the coach, he's not gonna listen. He's gonna no, do he, what he wants. No, 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 no. That was the issue at the end of last season. It was when they lost because he wanted to be on the field, and on fourth down, the coach took the offense off the field. Mm-hmm. And they were in the goal line. And the coach took them off the field. And he was like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. You're going to take me off the field when I have a chance to score because it's fourth down. We messed up on third. That was the play where he, like, he had the chance to run it or pass it. And instead of running it in, which he probably could have got it, he passed it and he missed. So when it came back around on fourth down... Mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur pulled them. Yes. And they were like, why would you pull Aaron Rodgers on the goal line on fourth down playing against Tom Brady? Because then they pulled him, put the field goal unit in, kicked the field goal. Tom Brady came in, made a big play. The game was over. Yeah. But it goes back to show, again, the coach and Aaron has to be on the same page. That's to say that was a similar issue with Brett Favre. I think he became the Brett Favre, the new generation Brett Favre, but completely different people. He's just like a, a, he's really good and he knows it, and he can literally almost do whatever he wants. I'm not even gonna get into the COVID situation, but I'm gonna actually make draw a comparison with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. Both have that bullheaded personality, my way or the highway. One of them had to just take a back seat. It ended up being Bruce Arians. Arians was just like, you know what? Tom, you do it. I'm just going to chill. You do it. And then when they actually stopped butting heads and Tom took the lead, they won a Super Bowl. Ever since, yeah, Arian will step in when needed and check Tom Brady when needed. He's very blunt. But he obviously, it's obvious he did take a back seat to Tom Brady. When you have a player like that, one of you has to submit. I prefer it to be the coach. Like, Dungy and Peyton Manning. Dungy was the lead. Peyton Manning, you know, they, they, were, they were more like colleagues. It worked. Aaron, I've yet to see a coach that can really handle Aaron. 
that's going to stop you from winning Super Bowls, man. It's not even about a talent thing at that point. He's just, he's too difficult to deal with. But again, you just said it. It's both. Bruce Arians and Tom had to come to a realization where one of them was going to take a back seat. And the one that took the back seat was Bruce Arians. Mm -hmm. The Packers have to understand that they're going to have to take a back seat and just let Aaron do what the fuck, do what he needs to do. Sorry. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I just don't see Green Bay going anywhere, unfortunately. Yeah, neither do I, unfortunately. Yeah. And I feel bad because Aaron Rodgers is not going to. He he did. He got his one. He did get his one. Luckily. <laughs> He's not going to get another. <laughs> not on Green Bay. Maybe if he gets traded somewhere. I really wanted him. I really thought he was going to leave Packers. I did. And if he did, and he went to like the 49ers. I was thinking he might go to the 49ers or the Rams. They was mentioning the Broncos, but I was like, <coughs> if he goes to the 49ers or the Rams, mm -hmm. they're going to the Super Bowl. Hands down. No questions asked. If he doesn't try to, to overstep Shanahan. He's not going to overstep Shanahan. Shanahan's going to let him be him. Shanahan's not no... I'm pretty sure every coach has their alpha in them. Obviously, they're a head coach. You have to have alpha in you. Like you can't be a pushover. Like It's not yeah, going to work. Shanahan has a big ego now. That dude has a big ego. But I do feel as though <clears throat> if you say Bruce Arians and Tom Brady were butting heads, mm -hmm. but Bruce was willing to like, okay, you got it. Mm -hmm. Definitely Kyle Shanahan is not going to be like, I'm going to butt heads with Aaron. He's going to be like, no. I'm actually going to experiment with Aaron. I hope so. That's how I would but take again, that Kyle Shanahan would remember, approach. Shanahan, when he was on Atlanta, he's a, uh, Shanahan, when he was on Atlanta, was a cocky guy. I mean, look, you can look at his resume. He took that Atlanta team to... But you're going to say it. Go ahead. Go he ahead. took that Atlanta team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he, he choked. I get it. But, but that's why he was cocky, because he knew, everyone knew, they were the reason why, he was the reason why that Atlanta team was... The best, facts. what the best Big offense facts. in the league? Big facts. That's why he was cocky. Yeah. So, but how how does that? How do those two personalities mesh? Aaron and Shanahan. But see, it's because he's never had a quarterback like Aaron. I feel like Kyle Shanahan's always wanted a quarterback like Aaron. Yeah. Or Matthew Stafford. He's wanted one of those guys mm -hmm. to be like. I just want to have fun. Yeah, I turned Matt Ryan into a, a MVP. I did that. Mm -hmm. That's why he's cocky. Mm -hmm. I turned Jimmy Garoppolo into Super Bowl contender. G Super Bowl contender. <laughs> so he's cocky. Yeah. But if you gave him an Aaron Rodgers or a Matthew Stafford or someone of that caliber, he'll be like, "Now I'm just gonna have fun." It may work like butter. If if, if, if you thought I was the shit before with Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo. Give me Aaron Rodgers. I'm not gonna nothing that has nothing to do with ego. I'm just gonna have fun. I'm gonna open up the whole playbook. I'm gonna if they're on the same page. If that's if. the if. I can see it working if they're on the same page. No, I, I, Kyle Shanahan with all his ego doesn't come off like a like I'm just like the head honcho. He comes off like a like he's like a football, not a football nerd. But he's like more of like a mad scientist when it comes yeah. to where he really just wants the pieces mm -hmm. to unlock potential. Mm -hmm. 
he's not trying to like micromanage everything and make sure he's on top of everything. Mm. He just wants to see what, how far he can actually go with his offense. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I, I'll be a cool thing just to see if, if it fails or not. Aaron going to a coach like that. I just don't see it working with Green Bay. I love his talent. Like I said, I always give Aaron the utmost respect as far as his ability to play football. Just I'm not a big fan of the off the field things, but I mean that's a in and itself. So, um, how do you feel about the Cowboys' success? And I'm gonna be honest, never bought into it. I never, you know, Skip Bayless would kill me, but I I never bought into the hype. Uh, I was never really big on Dak. I think he's I mean, he got a little better. Um, Ezekiel had some good games, hit or miss. The other guy, uh, what's his name? The other running back they have, Pollard. Oh man, I I mean I, he really surprised me. I mean I he's he's definitely was the X factor on offense. Um, defensively, I would say they're opportunistic. Like when they play Tampa Bay. I believe the first game of the season, they're like, "Oh, we see, we were we were really close to the Super Bowl contender last year, a Super Bowl champion last year." It was like, "Yeah, but it, first game getting off rest." Yeah, it's a, it was more that Tampa Bay was rusty. It wasn't necessarily, and if you look at I think the defensive stats, like yards allowed, they're they're not. They're, I think they're near the bottom. Uh, so it's Dallas is Dallas. Never never bought into the hype. Uh, they'll probably be a second round out. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs is very exciting. He's athletic. I love he has soft hands. He's a risk taker, but he's not a shutdown corner. He's not a guy that I would be like, all right, I want you to cover this one specific guy um, or, you know, put him in the slot. I need you to cover you know, Cooper Cup or somebody. I'm not going to do that. He's just – I don't see him as that type of player. But I do love he, – he he can diagnose offensive plays pretty well. He knows when, you know, a receiver's going to run a quick out. He can just jump on that and get the pick. I love that. But there's been a few times where he, you know, gambled a little too much and left a huge hole wide open in the field, and he got burned pretty bad. Um, but I, I – and, and the top – and to that point – the top corners don't do that. They do not. Do not. If the top corners actually is very boring to watch for the most part. A really good corner is pretty boring to watch. Um, Diggs is exciting to watch because he, he he takes lots of risks. And he's been winning for the most part this season as far as his risks. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I give him like a, a B plus. He's, he's doing he – has, he's having a pretty solid season. Uh, but – I, I Dallas as a whole as a defense just isn't very good to me. Um I like that you put it in that way for Trayvon Diggs. Because again, like and it's actually crazy that you say that. The top corners is a very boring watch. Mm-hmm. Because nothing's gonna happen nothing's happening over there. Mm. There's no balls being caught. It might not even be interceptions, just a bunch of deflections. Yeah. But nothing's going on. It's a very boring watch. You should watch Stephon Gilmore. Exactly. It's, it's very, but he's one of, he's probably my favorite corner, probably in a minute. 
very boring to watch, but he's so effective. There's so much that's going on. Just because the receiver doesn't touch the ball or anything like that doesn't mean that he isn't super effective. He, this man is literally shutting down one side of the entire field, if not sometimes three-quarters of the field, depending on what he's doing, um, depending on what the offensive is doing, and he's a pretty sure tackler. So just having him on the field, offenses have to really change up what they do and audible out of so many different things, depending on what this man does. But to the naked eye, oh, this, yeah, this, he's just running with the receiver. It's boring. He's, I don't see him getting 20 picks or anything like that. So it's, it's boring. But no, that man is a defensive MVP for a reason. Shut down corner for sure. And yeah, I, I like that how you, how you articulated that for Trayvon Diggs. Um, and the first thing comes to my mind is when they played the Patriots, I think the one play he had a pick. And maybe it was like a pick six. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was. I think. And then like the very next play. Touchdown. Touchdown on him. On him. Yep. Offset the good he did. Even though it was. Pick sixes are awesome. They're awesome to watch. I love pick sixes. But can't give up touchdowns next play. No. To Mac Jones. <laughs> <laughs> um, How do you feel? I just wanted to say this. I feel like the Raiders have had the most tumultuous season I have ever <coughs> witnessed. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because honestly, the Raiders just have like some type of bad juju over there, man. Like every season is like, it's like something that's like, groundbreaking story like whether it's the year before Antonio Brown is wilding out throwing stuff yeah cussing out Mike May, like and then this year you got the John Gruden situation now you have the Henry Rugg situation mm-hmm. it's like man talk about like having to like focus in and cancel out distractions I don't see how these guys can even be mentally they're on game day. Like the amount of distractions and like these aren't like little distractions. Yeah. These are big distractions. Big. And it's just like, man, I'm surprised y'all haven't fallen apart. I mean, that a testament to De- <laughs> I think that's a testament to Derek Carr. I, he I think he is the unsung leader of that team. And yeah. his mindset and mentality kind of encompasses the whole team. And if he hasn't faltered, then the team won't falter. I agree with that. And, I, and also, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Al Davis. Um, is that the son or the father? That's the father. The father. Okay, the son is, I forgot his name, his yeah, first name. Al da- so I would say the Oakland organization still reeks of Al Davis residue a little bit. I would say because... Back in his era, they were like the youngest, longest yard. Yes. Anybody who had a rap sheet, anyone who had some sort of trouble in college or some stint in the NFL where they did something, you go to Oakland. The bad, it was the epitome of the bad boys. The bad boys is the Oakland Raiders. So, especially, look, who was their head coach this past season? Gruden. 
Gruden, and even before this happened, Gruden didn't necessarily have a squeaky clean track record. He was known across the league as a jerk. I already knew this before all this happened. I hated Gruden. Yeah, a lot of people do. A lot of people say that. I'm indifferent. I don't. I don't hate him personally. Ah, uh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate him personally, nor his coaching style. There's some stuff he does that is like, meh. I'm meh about. Um, but he he pretty much en- encompasses what Oakland Raiders. That's Oakland Raiders football, and there is really no better coach than Gruden. And so with all this stuff happening, yeah, I, I'm, it's coincidence and all that stuff. But I would say really. It still reeks of Al Davis residue, that whole bad boy mentality, off the field problems. Um, for really Oakland to really uh, get its feet grounded and really clean up the organizations, you're going to have to start from ground zero and it starts from the top. Now, I do think they have some good pieces. Like, I, I do, I think Derek Carr really stepped up this year. Um, Waller really stepped up. This past few years, Waller's just been going off. Uh, so, I, I mean, they have some pieces there, uh, but, you know, as far as winning the big one, it's a long shot. Um, what do you think about um, the Arizona Cardinals? Is that real? Is that a real thing? Mm, good question. Not buying the hype either. I, it's, they're, they, they're good. I'm not going to say they're not good. They're good. I just don't see them winning. I just don't see them winning a Super Bowl. I I think they'll they'll make the. I mean, of course they'll make the playoffs. I might say they might be one and done. I think the. I think that the Cardinals are. This is another basketball analogy. Mm. When the Warriors were on the come up, when the everyone knew the Warriors was like mm. fire. But it was just like it was something about their mentality where it's just like they weren't mature enough. Where like when those clutch plays were happening, yeah, you make clutch plays, mm-hmm. but then there's other moments, high pressure moments, where you make the wrong play. I get what you're saying, and I I would also even um, take it to another level. They're just not built to win a Super Bowl. They're winning a lot of games. They mm-hmm. are winning a lot of games. They do have some pieces. They're, the team isn't built to win the big one. I just don't see it. They don't have the firepower on D. Offense, they, they you know, but no. Nah. They're winning games, and I definitely love the competitive spirit, um, the quarterback position, um, I, but nah, don't see it. Um, so who, who, who do you have this year? To win the whole thing? Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, Tampa Bay is definitely there. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so, all right, doesn't have to be the whole thing. Who do you think is going to at least make the Super Bowl? Was it has a chance, legitimate chance to win? Mm-hmm. Uh, see, Tampa Bay, I think, definitely has a shot. I'm going to put a, a question mark on... Denver, I'm going to put a question mark on Denver, possibly. I haven't given up on the 49ers either. I believe in Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, who else do I think could actually? 
a good question. Let me see. Baltimore. I I wouldn't count them out quite yet either. Um, okay. Yeah, that's about it. Um, I would I would have said the Saints if Winston didn't get hurt, but. Now that he did, I just I don't see the Saints as legitimate Super Bowl contenders either. Whoa, oh I forgot. X Factor, Carolina Panthers. I still believe Whoa. I still believe in Cam. I still believe in Cam. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Scary hours for that one. <laughs> wow, the Panthers did not see that coming. Yep. Why the Panthers? They have really good pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Stephon Gilmore acquisition. Because um, Stephon Gilmore no, got no, it no, out of no, Super Bowl <laughs> Hey, he's that good. No, they have they have some other guys. Um, then also, what's what's the what's the status on Christian McCaffrey? He's back. He's back. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do like. Anderson at wide receiver. Um, I actually went to school with him. I'm, I know it sounds like I'm being super biased, but I, I really think he's a really good receiver. Um, and then, yeah, Cam Cam Newton is really that ex, like the guys that can really elevate their game to a new level. I believe Cam is that guy. Now, I do know P.J. Walker is going to be starting. I don't see him holding on to that starting position for more than two games tops. Um, I... Cam, Cam, I can see doing some damage. And then the thing is, which makes him even more of an X factor, no one has really seen him play for real, for, <clears throat> for real, for real in like a year and a half. So there's not going to be much tape on him. So if he comes out, you know, with the ball rolling and killing him on offense, it's going to be really Ooh, interesting. Wait, so you're saying this, they have a Super Bowl chance because they have Cam? Cam and they have they, they they have a decent defensive talent and then McCaffrey's back. I think yeah they they're definitely legitimate Super Bowl contender with Cam. Yeah, because Cam didn't even have that type of talent before when he went to the Super Bowl offensively. Who did he have? I don't know. He had the tight end that, but I mean, but Cam was less beaten up then. Yeah, but I think Cam is a better passer now than he was. He can really sit back there and scan the field. I don't know, because he didn't do that last year for the Patriots. He did. First, if you look at the – I'm a Patriots fan. The first four games he actually did, there's one game he threw for like 400 yards and like two to three touchdowns, no picks. He was like carving them up just with his arm. I really believe – you just got to see it. I I believe in Cam Newton for sure. I want to get to the nitty-gritty. I want to start some controversy. All right, let's go. You know where I'm going with this, right? Actually, I don't. Makes it even better, then. (laughs) No, that's the wrong one. All right. Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Now, what is it? Okay, remember... The text me and you had? Yes. And you was you were trolling. I was well, you not. Were, no, you were trolling with the names 
of the people you were giving me, but you weren't trolling on your take on Patrick Mahomes. I was not. But trolling. you were definitely trolling on the quarterbacks you was choosing ahead of him. I was not. You were definitely trolling. But go ahead, continue. And so I took that same conversation and I put it in a group text with uh, other circle of friends, mm. and they all were like, "Oh no, you're wilding." And then something happened mm. when everyone, because first I was against you, I was like, "Hatchet Man is crazy." Like, what are you talking about? I get that a lot. But then when everyone joined in and was like, hell no, Patrick Mahomes is the top quarterback, blah, 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 blah. And everyone, I just saw that, I just saw that conformity and that group think towards just Patrick Mahomes is anointed the greatest. Mm -hmm. When I saw that, I was just like, you know what? Hatchet man might be right. <laughs> he just might be right. And then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Patrick Mahomes might not be that good. Now, he's talented. But he might not be as good as we've all pushed him to be. He might have really just benefited from Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But if you were to put anyone else around him, it might not be the same story. Tom Brady was making lemonade out of shitty lemons <laughs> when he had what? Dion Dion Branch and <laughs> he was making lemonade out of raisins. Let's just be honest with that. <laughs> he, was, he was making lemonade out of dirt. Yes. All right, let me stop. I'm tra <laughs> we're trashing people. <laughs> I like Dion Branch. I like Dion Branch. I like Dion Branch too. <laughs> uh, and the other guys that we don't know the names of. <laughs> we, that, that, that probably have caught touchdown passes from Tom Brady. That's like in obscurity. Right. <laughs> but it's like, I don't think that Patrick could do that. Take no, take like like Aaron Rodgers. He made Devontae Adams, Devontae mm -hmm. Adams. For sure. He makes Adam Lazard and all these other guys, he makes them valuable pieces to what they got going on. For sure. But if that was Patrick Mahomes, I'm starting to lead to the case of that might not be the same. <laughs> like he needs like a Matthew Stafford type situation where he just has everything at his disposal. I will now, say this. Okay, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. No. Go ahead. Uh, but I do feel as though maybe this is might just it might just be him being burnt out. I feel like it could be him being burnt out because the defense keep putting him in these um, ostracized situations. Mm -hmm. So he feels like he's working double time, trying to make these plays and trying to do this and do that. Mm -hmm. Because he feels like he has to be super spectacular instead of just being in the system because he knows his defense is not going to hold his end of the bargain and he finds himself just doing too much. Mm -hmm. Well, this is what you said is, is right. And if I'm going to be fair, did I love everything you said just now? Yes. 
I love when I'm right. But I will say this. In fairness to Patrick Mahomes, I do know he's having a lot of off-the-field stuff with his brother causing a ruckus oh, man, with that his guy's fiance. Go. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing way too much. That definitely takes a toll on someone more than what you think. I agree. No, I agree. I, 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 I've never experienced it, mm. but I know if your mind, once you're reached a certain level of not even success, once you're operating, whether what kind, whatever kind of work you do, or mm. sports, or or music, or art, you have to operate at a certain level. And you can't do that with outside distractions. For sure. At a certain point, it's more than just you just get up and you do this thing and that's just what it is. Mm. No, like when you're the best of the best and you're operating at a level that very few will ever reach, Mm -hmm. there's a whole gambit of things that also affect your performance, whether it be you're the CEO of Walmart or the CEO of Apple, or the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, or the Kansas City Chiefs, or your Stephen Curry, or LeBron James. Oh, yeah. If you're operating at a very, very high level that only few would reach, it's more than just waking up and doing what you do. Yeah, there's there's so much, uh, you know, so many things coming at you at once. And also, another thing with Patrick Mahomes, which I, I liken it to the Russell Wilson factor, when Russell Wilson got that big payday, like in, I love Russell Wilson. He's a very cool guy. He he's the epitome of the, the of a professional role model for kids. Everyone loves Russell Wilson. Squeaky clean record, academic All American. He is just it, family man. Um, but when he got that payday, people felt some type of way, and it was nothing personal against Russell, but people sat out because hey. Russell was throwing the ball 12 times a game, but Marshawn Lynch was literally carried the team on his back. The defensive guys carried the team on their back, but Russell Wilson's capitalizing on, on all of our hard work. Yeah, no, I'm not going to play. I'm sitting out until I get paid, and if you're not going to pay me, I'm going to go to a different team. Now, I'm going to go back to the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes signed a $500 million contract. That is ridiculous that is absurd but it's over uh yeah yeah over a t- like a 10 year 10 year period. period but still that is unheard of that's ridiculous and i would even say that's really a slap in the slap in the face to all the defensive guys the running backs receivers yeah tyreek hill on on uh camera said oh he should have been paid more of course he's gonna say that you know he's not gonna down someone his own teammate for making money but I do think that's a huge factor because even Terran Matthew in the back of your mind is just like, yo, this dude got $500 million, bro. I'm making 20. I'm making five. So mm, people think, people no, really think I, like that. I don't, I don't think, because again, it's like 500 over 10. And I think he reworked it to where it, it, it sounds like an astronomical, it is an astronomical, but it's like, it's still team friendly to where they can do things for the other positions on the team. What's 500, 500 million? <laughs> that's just crazy to even say. 500 million over 10 years, how much is that? So, I mean, I'm, I guess it's like, what, forty to somewhere between 40 to 50 every year. Probably 40 every Bro, year. Bro, but I'm... 
40 something every year. Bro. And with that, that allows you to make sh- that that deal was specifically tailored. So no matter what, you know you have your quarterback for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And if the cap is only going up, then you and and more money is coming into the sport, which helps fluctuate the revenue. Mm-hmm. You have more opportunities to do more with the rest of the money. Like that deal was so you know at the end of the year, at the end of the day, this amount of money is for this guy over here, and now all the rest of the money we can do whatever we want with it. That was the purpose of that deal. So they don't have to worry about Patrick Mahomes for the ten, next ten years. All the thing they have to worry about is everything else. Patrick Mahomes is a is like, it's like you bought a car. You you bought a brand new car that hopefully you don't have to do any maintenance outside of oil changes and that's it. Everything else you don't have to worry about that for a long long time. So just worry about everything else. Let's 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 not even you may, and I I see the point you're making. Let's not let's say let's forget about the five hundred thousand. You gave him a ten year contract extension times a hundred. Cool. You that's pretty much that's saying to the other guys. Patrick Mahomes is the centerfold of the team. He must be on the field or we're not going to win. Guys, I'm telling you, guys don't like that, especially if they felt they contributed a lot to that Super Bowl. It's just not going to be the same. There's Some guys, even Aaron Rodgers said, Aaron Rodgers said, and I'll take it with a grain of salt, but he said 70% of the guys in the NFL are mostly about the money. Because for some organizations like Detroit, Miami, you know, even the Falcons, you know, like, bro, I'm not going to a Super Bowl. I got to align myself to feed my family and get, get the most money possible. A lot of guys think like that. So when you have this guy, forget the 500000 Oh, I'm signing him for a 10-year deal. So for 10 years, he's good. Everybody else is, like, on the chopping block. In a sense, it's like, man, should I even really be on here? I, I mean, if I already won my Super Bowl. I can just go and get money somewhere else. That's another factor. And then also the third factor as far as Patrick Mahomes, they're figuring him out. And also I was looking at a stat. He had the most drop interceptions last year. He gambles a lot. Going back to Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, for the most part, 95% of the time, I would say he gets maybe five or six steps on the DB. He just wide open a lot of the times. And Patrick Mahomes just chucks it deep. But... If you go back and look at the stats, look at the dropped interceptions, look at the, you know, people love the sidearm stuff and the scoop, you know, throws and all that stuff. But a lot of the times he does get very, very lucky. I'm not taking away from his talent. I do think he's a pretty good quarterback. I think he's good. I would say he's like Matt Stafford, probably like Matt Stafford level, but he is a beneficiary of the genius of Andy Reid. Andy Reid is probably the most innovative offensive coach ever in the history of the game, I think. He's just that good. So, but Patrick Mahomes is a good player. He has he is a good talent, but I think he was super overhyped and now reality is catching up with him. Mm. That's my take. What do you think would come of if that were to be the case, mm-hmm. where he was just so overhyped to now 
everything's coming back down to earth mm. and people are alarmed and now they're like, oh, wow, Kansas City is under 500 and Patrick Mahomes is throwing all these interceptions and he can't, he can't, like, I don't think they scored over 20 points in the past two games. Mm-hmm. And now people are like, oh, my God, what's going on? Do you think, like, what do you think the the outcome of that would be? Do you think people would, like, all of a sudden be, like, get worried? Like, oh, Maybe we actually made a bad deal signing this guy for 500 mil for 10 years. Yes. It, it, the thing is, Andy Reid's not going to let it fall to the point where he's going to look like complete trash and everybody's booing him every time he steps on the field. It's just not going to be that. But, yeah, people are going to be, like, questioning whether he deserves Kind of like uh, when the running backs, they do really good, mm-hmm. and then you get the, pay, the big payday, and then they just fall off the map. Ezekiel. <clears throat> Yeah, no, it's going to be that. There's going to be headlines and news articles saying, hey, is Patrick Mahomes really worth a half a billion dollars? That That's definitely going to be a thing. He's going to have to deal with it for sure. Um, but I do believe in Andy Reid. Now, note this, because Josh Allen just signed a big deal, too. Mm-hmm. It was like six years, 240. He was overhyped, too. Overhyped. You think so? He's good. He overhyped though. The whole team was good, dude. The whole team is just good from top to bottom. They're good. Who who do you take, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? I would go with Patrick Mahomes because of the scrambling ability. But arm talent is about the same. It's, I just gotta be honest. It's cool. I, he can throw those cool sidearm passes and stuff. That's cool. But if on field effectiveness, they're about the same, man. You like Patrick Mahomes' scramble ability more than Josh Allen's? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say Josh Allen's a better runner, but... He's, he probably might be faster, but Patrick Mahomes has a pretty good vision running. He can, anytime he's... Like, there's the times where he knows, like, if I throw it, it's going to get picked for sure. He just takes off running. Usually he'll get the first down and then run out of bounds and not take a lot of hits. Josh Allen is faster than what you think he is. I've seen him play, but I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. Uh, I do feel as though that uh, I don't know I thought you know people saying like you saying like Patrick Mahomes you know it's controversial to say that he might not be as good as we all thought he was he's overhyped it was like a big thing but honestly then once we're talking about it and we're in it it's like no this is actually like a real viable like conversation Mm -hmm. to be had like Mm -hmm. They he could literally fall off. He'll yeah. still get numbers. Mm-hmm. He'll still get numbers. He'll still get four thousand yards a season. Probably right range around thirty to forty touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But it won't translate into wins. True. And then I want to add one more thing too, for the fans, the two hundred fans you have. Um, hey, that- I like it. Positive manifestation. <laughs> If I have the day I have two hundred fans, I'll do something real special. I don't know. What it is, <laughs> um, I will say Andy Reid, all the quarterbacks he handpicked, all of them are Pro Bowlers at the very least. Some of them Super Bowl champions. 
some of them Super Bowl MVPs. All the quarterbacks? That he handpicked himself, yes. He's never had a bad quarterback. Never, ever, ever. Kevin Cobb. It's not his guy. That's not his guy. <laughs> that wasn't his guy you chose to be a franchise quarterback. That wasn't. He didn't handpick Kevin Cobb? He did not. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> Kevin Cobb was not part of it. Are you sure? I'm sure. I feel like Kevin Cobb was handpicked by Andy <laughs> Reid. Stop, dude. It wasn't. It's not Cobb like corn. It's, he has yeah, an L yeah, in, yeah, that, yeah, in yeah. there somewhere. K-O-L-B or something. Yeah, no, he wasn't handpicked by uh, Andy I feel like Reed. Kevin Cobb was handpicked He was not. Andy he was not. No. Okay. <clears throat> out, of the, out of his quarterbacks, the worst one was Alex Smith, I guess. The worst one is Alex Smith. Look what Alex Smith did. Yeah, maybe not a Super Bowl contender, but definitely in the conversation and went to the playoffs and put up good numbers. Hey, proof is in the pudding, man. Mm. I don't know, man. Uh, I would feel really bad for the Kansas City Chiefs if they all of a sudden just... You think it's really just people who figured them out? Yeah, that... or is really, or is the, the defense is just so bad? They just oh, can't the defense is it. trash. Defense is terrible. But Let me ask you that because you you have you've played football mm-hmm. and you have a very lengthy defensive background. How is it? I've always wondered this. Mm-hmm. How is it? That a team can field a defense that is that bad. How do you how do you know when you're going in on Sundays that the lineup that you have is so bad and you're okay with it? It's not even your or not that you're okay with it. It's just like it is what it is. Like, they are bad. Very. Very. Like, if you switched to Kansas City Chiefs defense and, say, gave them, like, the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars defense, <clears throat> we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. They would be over 500. For sure. And we wouldn't... You could you could give you could give you could give the Chiefs um let's think of a team. Oh man, if the Chiefs had the Panthers defense, they'd be legit. They would be top three team right now. Which is why with Cam Newton acquisition, sky's the limit, man. As I said, their defense is not bad. They're pretty good. I don't believe in Matt Rule's coaching. I don't, but pieces yes but to answer your question i just think it's just overall a lack of want to a lack of i think the team morale is right now is probably pretty low and i do think you may disagree a big part of that is that patrick mahomes contract that's i do think that's a big part of it guys guys want to feel wanted and they want to be paid and i get it 500 million if you break it down it's 50 million for the 10 years yeah i get that but Still, man, they, people want to feel wanted, and if they don't, they're not going to play as hard. Look at Odell and the Browns. Was that Odell's best performance? And you saw him jogging back and forth, and 
bad attitude and all. He didn't. He just didn't want to play. It, it's not a lack of necessarily talent, and it wasn't even really a money thing for him. He just hated the organization and didn't like Baker Mayfield. So he didn't really give his best effort, and he looked like crap on the field. It just transitions into your play, and I think a lot of that is the Kansas City Chiefs. To be honest, is team morale is low. It's just not there. So if the other guy, he's like, well, the other guy doesn't care. Why should I? I'm just gonna get my paycheck and go like. Whatever, man. Pat Mahomes getting all these commercials, but what about me? I've done all this. Where's my commercial? People really think like that, man. I'm I'm just I'm just keeping it 100 with you. So it's gonna be a big puzzle for Andy Reid to put together. I don't know what he's gonna do, but I I do like Patrick Mahomes. I hope he over he somehow gets through this and ends up having a good season. I just don't see it though. Okay, I, I I like like the perspective, and I appreciate this perspective. So, um, man, I think that was the best football talk I've 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 had, like real talk, and I appreciate that. Um, Hatchet, man, we gotta do this again. Oh, of course, man! It was a pleasure coming on here, man. It's it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. That's what's up. Um, man, that was a great episode. That was a great episode. Well, it's your boy, G Baby, G Money, G Black. And this is the Q30 Sports Podcast coming at you. Holla at your boy. And we out. I didn't know who you are, but hey, this guy is like a legitimate...